Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Brian. And we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. We hope you're enjoying this episode. You know, it's our goal to make this podcast useful to you. So if you find it valuable, we want you to consider supporting the Bible Bistro financially. You know, there's a cost associated with this podcast, and your support will help us to continue this mission. If you'd like to help, we have set up a Patreon account where you can contribute at any level. Maybe you just want to give us a few bucks a month and buy us a cup of coffee. Or if you support us at $15 or above, you can receive some of our personalized items, like the Bible Bistro coffee mug. Trust me, you're really going to want one of those. Absolutely. You just got to go to our website or in the show notes and click on the Patreon link. And thank you so much. We appreciate our loyal listeners. Welcome back to Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. I'm Ryan. Hey, and I'm Brian. And this is the Bible Bistro. Bible Bistro. <laughs> we've been singing. We've been singing a lot this week. We've we had lots been of singing opportunity. this week. Tell, tell us, tell everybody where we're at. So we are. You can might tell we're on location. This is the Bistro on the road, and yes. we are at the Country Lake Retreat Center in beautiful Underwood, Indiana. Beautiful Southern Indiana. My old stomping grounds. I feel it like is. I'm practically well at home. south. It's a whole different county. Well, yeah, it's Clark County. <laughs> just <messing with> <laughs> right, just right said, down the road. I mean, you literally turned on County I Line did, Road. I, so. Yes. Anyway. But anyway, we're here for, uh, you might remember we had Jody Owens on yeah. uh, several episodes ago. We're here at his retreat, uh, learning retreat called the uh, David Narratives in First and Second Samuel. And, and it, it's been, it's been, it's been great. It's really been a good time. It's great. It reminds me, I mean, it's kind of like in college when you did like an intensive week, right. you know, without the homework. Right. Well, and he says that he wants he wants it to be gradual level. But the other thing, what would you say is the other part of this? It's not just the... Yeah, there's a spiritual formation part yeah, of this as well. Been where cool. We've been worshiping and there's been responsive reading, kind of liturgical style, yeah. but we've had communion together. It's It's been great. It's you been, know, I'll say this. If you like what we do here on the Bistro, if you're the kind of person who's who's a regular here, you would love... Absolutely. You would love this this kind of retreat. Yeah. And it's something that... that uh, uh, Dr. Owens, Jody does several times a year. He's got other uh, speakers who are going to be doing mm-hmm. different classes. Uh, it's it's really been good. There's a, there's a 15 or so of us here yep. and good camaraderie, great food. Really. It's been, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's been too much food and <laughs> too much food and too much sitting, but it's been fantastic. We, we've been learning a lot. I mean, we've, it, we've kind of seen some things yes, that I, yeah. I hadn't seen before. And I asked you as in yeah. the evenings, like you've been learning some things oh, as well. Oh, ton of stuff, ton of stuff. And, of and connect- I've looked, I've looked over this, I've preached it before and just those insights that, you know, the kind of stuff, like I'm always talking about the Gospel of John, right? Yep. Well, this is kind of the text for for Jody Owens that, that John is to me. So he's got these really insightful things that, and somebody, I think one of the students said, and they'd been here for a previous retreat, and they talked about it just kind of reframes the whole way you look at the Bible and look at this text. And mm-hmm. so that's that's been the cool thing for yeah, me. Yeah, and I, so. we're hoping we, we can get him on. It's kind we of busy so. because... One of my favorite. Th- we've, there's been two things that so far. It's talking about the ark. Yeah, that's in first and second. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, the, the, yeah. What, the, what what's going on with the ark, and then also the David and Goliath. Yes, like 
it's a kind of a total rereading yes. of David, David and Goliath. And it was yeah. very interesting. Very so, interesting stuff. Yeah. Not just the old David and Goliath. Oh, gee, you can. Flannel graph. Yeah, you can. You, you can, can hit, defeat your own giants. Right. It was. It, it, but really with a deep, I would say a deep significance. So I re, yeah, we will get him on for those at some point or the other. But we're hoping to do that while we're here. Yeah. And uh, Ryan's been shooting some video. And hopefully we're going to put together a kind of a thing that. Uh, Montage to help him promote yeah, it. Because I think, yeah. again, as Brian said, if. If you enjoy the podcast, right. if you're a regular listener, like you, sh- you should yeah. check this out. It's, it's, it's uh, good. I mean, it's hard for some people to get away for a week, but it, it, I'll just say, if you can, it's not only just the information, but also the the formation, just yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway, even though we're we're here the week before Palm Sunday, uh, we're recording this for the Tuesday before Easter. So mm. we we're, we're going to try to keep this one short. We know the last one. Some of you, the may last still, one. <laughs> some of you still may be listening to it. <laughs> It was you pretty just, long. Yeah, it was an hour and fifteen minutes. You just you had you were riffing. Yeah, maybe our record. I don't know, but this one's going to be significantly shorter than than that one. And so our hope is that uh, you know this will be a blessing to you on Easter week. I pray that this Holy Week will be good for you. That you know if you celebrate Monday Thursday, uh, that that'll be a good blessing. And that Good Friday, uh, we were talking this week about sometimes it's hard for us as Christians to hold on to kind of that. Well, what do you want to say? The sadness or the mm-hmm. the darkness of Good Friday and and Holy Saturday. Sometimes it's hard for us to live in that because we want to go ahead and get to the victorious get to, yeah, part. Get, get to the. Um, but then Easter Sunday is that, and the resurrection is that. So I hope it's a blessed week for you. Uh, it's a it's a week. People all across the world are really focused on the life of Jesus, at least the Western world, I guess I should say. Yeah, well, but you know and, what? And hello to our Eastern Eastern Orthodox brothers. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. But it is a uh, it is a time where we people are really focused on Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's a good time for us to as, as Christians uh, think about the meaning of our faith and how central this this event is to our to our faith. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So we've been in Mark. So I thought we'd start in Mark 16. Yep. Mark 16's account is a little odd uh, if you're familiar with it. And we're going to yep. talk about that some other time. And it's relatively short uh, because in many of your Bibles, and, and again, we're not going to talk about this today, but I hope we will talk about yep. it another, another time. Uh, when you get down to verse 8 in Mark chapter 16, there's a line, and what follows, it says, is not in the earliest and best manuscripts. And so there's something that's gone on with the textual tradition of Mark. And again, we'll talk about that another day. I know that we've had people ask us about some Absolutely. other passages in Mark where there's some some verses some variants there. That, that are not, you know, that were in the King James that aren't necessarily in more modern translations. So we, we'll talk about that another time. But I really want to kind of just focus on these eight verses. And then I'm also going to look at some of the parallels in Luke 24. Mm-hmm. And then I want us to think about the significance of Jesus' resurrection for us. That's really kind mm-hmm. of the three things I want to do for today. So go ahead and read 16.1 for me, if you yeah. would. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome? Salome. Yeah. Salome uh, bought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Right. So it's funny that this this idea of anointing is one that we've been talking about a lot this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. First uh, and second Samuel uh, is where we get introduced to this concept of anointing, particularly the, it's not the first time it's used, but particularly this idea that the king is the anointed one. Yeah. David, you know, is the anointed one. And we've talked before about when 
if, if you haven't heard this, go back and listen to our uh, episode on Inconceivable, our, our series on Inconceivable, where we talked about Christ. Yeah. Because when we make the confession, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're saying we believe that he is this Messiah, that he is this anointed, anointed one. one. Yeah. That's what the word you know, cross Christ in, in Greek, um, Messiah or Mashiach in, in Hebrew means the one who's been anointed. And so here's really fascinating that says that they use this word anointed for that's what they're going to do to Jesus body. Now it also reminds me uh, of a passage, not too far removed from this in in the gospel of Mark, if you go back to Mark chapter 14, um, this is this is this is a, an event that takes place during what we call the final week of the life of Jesus, and fourteen uh, verse three, it says while he was in Bethany, so during the whole week of Holy Week, Jesus would go into Jerusalem during the day, but he didn't stay in Jerusalem that week, and probably at least part of it is because of the conflict had increased with the with, with the religious leaders he would go out and stay at night in in bethany with some of his friends there and some of his mm-hmm. followers and so it says in verse uh, three is while he was in bethany reclining at the table in the home of simon the leper I- interesting thing to call this guy right yeah we we think it means he was previously a leper but he was he maybe healed probably somebody that jesus had healed we think you wouldn't you wouldn't have been in a leper's house unless they were healed he would have been able to host yeah Yeah. he would have been considered unclean people couldn't have come into the home so you know that he's called simon the leper probably means that he's a leper that that was healed maybe by jesus is the idea but anyway he's reclining at the table in in the home and we should actually do talk about this someday because there's lots of interesting connections in bethany Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. Uh, she's not named in this text, but in other places like the Gospel of John, for example, it seems to be parallel to to one where she's named as Mary. Mm-hmm. Often we call her Mary Magdalene. Uh, so a woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar, poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? Uh, uh, John tells us there that that's actually uh, Judas. Judas, Iscariot yeah, because he was that. skimming money off the top yeah. and he wanted a little bit more. Yeah. Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. 200 denarii, I think, is what it says. And the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. And then here's Jesus' response. Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing for me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. So he's kind of foreshadowing this fact that he's going he's gonna to be dying. He's going to be leaving. Uh, she did what she could, verse 8. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. And then he says, truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached, uh, throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. So it's really an interesting, you know, reminds me of that anointing that she did kind of ahead of time. That's a foreshadowing of Jesus being prepared for burial mm-hmm. and this idea of anointing now with, with these, uh, it's kind of almost an ironic thing. It's something you do to a dead body, but this is the Messiah. This is the anointed also a, one. a designation. Yeah, right. The anointed one. Right. Yeah. And so, so they're bringing these to anoint uh, his body. Um, and then go ahead and read verses 2 and 3 back in Mark 16, if you've, yeah. if you've still got that. Uh, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? 
So it's a typical tomb in the in the first century world that it would be kind of an open place. Um, the bodies were prepared and, and placed in kind of a central room, and then their bodies after a year were reduced essentially to bones. When they put them in a box, right? In a box, yeah. Uh, and and these were placed in niches in the wall. But but this idea of a tomb. And and it's clear here this is a new tomb. Uh, mm-hmm. Other places talk very much about that. There's no no one had been buried here previously, but they would have a stone rolled across it, essentially to keep wild animals or uh, potentially um, grave robbers from breaking into the tomb mm-hmm. and messing with the body, basically. And so so they're kind of having this discussion about who's going to roll away the you know there's here's these women going to the to the graveyard. How, so how the, are they going to get it open? Exactly. So go ahead and read verses four and five then. Uh, but when they looked up, they saw that the stone which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. So they find that they don't have to move the tomb, the the, the stone at all. In fact, it's already been moved. And they go inside, and they see this this man, this young man dressed in white. Uh, They're alarmed. They're afraid. This is always the response to, to angels. You know, anytime somebody comes into contact with an angel, they they're afraid. Um, it, it just makes you wonder what. Well, I, every time they're in, they encounter an angel, once we get the description of them, typically in the Bible, it's a lot of wings and yeah. eyes, like t- terrifying. <laughs> right. Not just like a young guy sitting there. Hey, guys. <laughs> although, although I think it's just just the idea of just you know the supernatural it's element. Right. Yeah, it's, it's yeah something something beyond our our normal comprehension. Mm-hmm. But then it goes on and says this. Um, uh, in, in verses six and seven, don't be alarmed. He said, you're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. And, and I think that's kind of the key verse here. He's not here. See the place where they laid him, uh, but go tell your disciples and Peter, he's gone ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So again, very short, I'm going to look at verse eight here in just a minute, very short account but I, I, this idea of he is not here is really the the central idea of this resurrection, and, and I love the way Luke puts this. So look over. I think I had you ask ask you to grab Luke chapter twenty four as well, verses two through eight. Mm-hmm. I just read his account a little bit longer. Of course, Luke's gospel is longer than Mark's gospel. Yeah. And, and there's a phrase that Luke uses here that I really think captures what I want to get across to us on this on this uh, Holy Week. Yeah. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Oh, I love it. So he, it says the same thing. He is not here, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people I know are bothered by trying to harmonize. You know, well, you got one guy, you got two guys, guys. this kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And so each of the gospel writers tell the story in a way that is significant for the way the audience that they're they're writing it to. Exactly what they're trying to tell. Uh, Here, maybe the two have to do with the idea of the the certainty of it. But but what what they say here is not only he is not here, but I love the line they say before that. Did you notice that? Uh, he is not. No. Why are you looking for the living, living among, among the, the dead? dead. Oh, yes. Was it after that? So I don't know. Yeah, no, it's right before that. Yeah, there it is. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And that's really the that's really 
the resurrection in a nutshell. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're looking in a graveyard, you're looking in a tomb, mm-hmm. but he is now alive. And that's what we celebrate. And that's, I mean, that makes all the difference. As Paul says, if that's not true, if, if it's not true that Christ has risen from the dead, then then our faith is useless. Our faith is futile, he says, vain. And, and, and you know, really there's, there's no reason for us to do the things that we do. Mm-hmm. So just kind of in closing today, so that's kind of what I just wanted to kind of encourage us with that. And then I want us to think about this. And I asked you this question earlier and you had some really good answers to it. What do you think is the significance of the fact that Jesus is raised from the dead. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about this a little bit, a little bit yeah. uh, at the, there's treat is like the garden of Eden and yeah. like that initial, um, uh, proclamation that, that the serpent will be defeated. Yeah. And so like, for me, it's thinking about the resurrection is about returning back to what the garden was supposed to be defeating okay. the big problem because right. the, you know, it, in their sin led to death. Right. And now Jesus, you know, he's performed the miracles, but now he himself through yeah. God's power is yeah. resurrected. And so it's kind of that reversal yeah. back to like, it's the start of the, or the, the cure, you know, we're, sure. we're, we're on our path back to, to the garden. First fruits of, of those from among the dead is one of yeah. the phrases that Paul uses, but, but that idea, yeah, we are separated from the source of all life. Mm-hmm. And now in Jesus, we are, we are once again, brought back into that. So, so we would say the defeat of death, you know, yeah. in some ways this, you, you said the enemy, the enemy that we have because of our separation from God, that, that enemy is finally defeated and death, you know, it affects us in terms of separation from our loved ones. Mm-hmm. If you think about those you've lost, uh, it's a fear that we have, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what will it mean that I die? But Jesus re- resurrection and the reality of it, the fact that it was witnessed, the fact that, that, that it was, it was recorded for us, gives us that sure hope. Uh, Peter talks about that. So, there are a few things I was thinking about in regard to this. He talks about this idea. We have a living hope because of Jesus resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have this, he says, until, until he returns, basically we're in that space. Like you said, it's the beginning of it. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we, you know, if the Lord continues to tarry, we will all die, but we still have that sure hope uh, of resurrection with him. The other thing I, I want to mention is this Acts chapter two. I told you to to look up this this passage for us. In Acts chapter two, this is of course the day of Pentecost, and um, Peter preaches this really pretty good sermon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm sure Peter's like I'm so glad Brian saw that about my sermon. <laughs> I'm so I got so, that affirmation. So Acts two twenty two. It begins this way, fellow, not begins, but this is part of what I want to talk about. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. In other words, God showed that this is the one that he sent through the things Mm -hmm. that Jesus did, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man, Jesus, that is, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you... And again, he's talking to people who are gathered. Just, you, all y'all. Yeah. This just, is an all y'all. Just 47 days after Jesus' death here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, day of, day of Pentecost here. This man was handed over to you, I guess, 47 days after his resurrection, I should say. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan foreknowledge. You, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead. 
freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep his hold on him. David said about him, again, David's been our focus this, this entire week. I saw the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life and you fill me with joy in your presence. And, and then Peter continues, he, so he quotes the Psalm in the Old Testament, continues, fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and is buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. It's a reference to 2 Samuel chapter 7. Important yeah. promise that God says you will never fail to have a man on the throne, that that he will he will be ruler over an eternal kingdom. That's what the Messiah means, really. And it says this that um he spoke of the resurrection of Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see the decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Uh, you know, we, we could go into this more detail, but, but basically one of the things that the resurrection does is it shows that Jesus is who he claimed to be. And, and that the authority he has because he was sent from God is, is a true authority. God raised him from the dead. Right. It, it's a vindication would be one, one mm -hmm. word we would use. It vindicates him. And the funny thing, well, not funny thing, but for the crowd, for the yeah. crowd, it's like you put him to death. God raised him from the yeah, dead. This is the same crowd that would have been right in front of Pilate. Where does that put you in relationship to 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 God? And mm -hmm. it's like we're enemies. And of course, that's why you have this great, you know, you know, Peter's sermon was good. He had a great object lesson. He had an empty tomb, right? <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. I, I love it too because if you notice, he said it's almost like a dare. He says, "I know confidently that David, the patriarch, died, and his tomb is here to this day." In other words, we could go, we can go, we can all walk down there and see it together, and, and we could see the tomb of, of of David. But if we go to the tomb of Jesus, it's going to be empty. It's almost like a dare to say, you know. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can disprove this fact that Jesus rose from the dead, which is again encouragement for us. You know, it, not this is talking about an event that was you know, just a little bit more than a month after the resurrection, not, you know, decades after, like some people are going to tell you and this kind of thing. This is, this is based on this account that happened very quickly. Uh, and so then uh, the other things I, I talk about with this is, is just some other things. Uh, one of them is uh, in, in Philippians two or three, Paul says, we don't have to read this here, but I'll just, I'll just mention these quickly. Mm -hmm. Paul says there uh, that I want to know the power of the resurrection. So I sometimes will say on Easter Sunday, particularly, it's not just about the hope that we have or the faith that we have, but it's living every day mm. in light of the resurrection. And so this idea of learning more and more what the power of the resurrection is in our lives, um, because Christ, you know, Paul says elsewhere in Romans, it hadn't occurred to me till just now, but he says elsewhere, he says, the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. And it's like, Whoa, you know, mm -hmm. so, so what's going to stand in our way? What's going to, what's going to go against us if we are doing what God has called us to do? Even death can't yeah. separate us. Because we're empowered by the spirit. Exactly. The, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead now indwells us. And so, so living in the power of the resurrection, the defeat of death, as you mentioned, the hope that we have and the vindication of Jesus. These are some of the things that I think the resurrection means central, central to, to our whole faith. Yeah, so. absolutely. And it's. Um, 
always important to keep that kind of top of mind. Yeah. You know, it's easy for us to kind of go through the motions sometimes. Yeah. And we've talked about this before with Christmas is yep. life gets busy or Easter. Um, and we've talked about this. We've been reading books about like the importance of maybe observing like this yeah. calendar and, yes. and, and paying attention to the rhythm of life yeah. and Easter and what that means every year as we come back and we celebrate yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but just to, to keep those important things top of mind as we think about what right. Christ accomplished right. we, on the cross, but in his resurrection, resurrection, resurrection. as well. We, yeah. you know, and, and I always say central to our faith are these two practices, baptism and, and the Lord's Supper. There are other things we do. We pray, we worship. These are two central observances that we have is baptism. Uh, our, at our congregation, it was a really great Sunday. Last Sunday, we had four baptisms. And, and baptism is a reflection of the death, burial, burial. and resurrection of Jesus. Mm -hmm. the, the image of being plunged into the water, being raised is, is a way that we participate in mm -hmm. his death, burial, and resurrection. And, and the Lord's Supper. We just took the Lord's Supper, as you mentioned earlier, as a part of this retreat. Uh, and there again, it's not only this idea of remembering his death, but also proclaiming this death until he returns, you know, and saying mm -hmm. that we we believe not only did Jesus die, but he rose from the dead. Uh, and so they're, they're central to this idea of the death, burial, and resurrection. Both of these observances mirror that, so. Yeah, that's great. You know, to, to always keep that top of mind as well, you know, yeah. like that participation, that yeah. we'll participate, you know, as we remember in yes. in uh, communion and then we participate in that. In baptism, and and, and, yeah. and we've talked about in baptism, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit that we yeah. see in Acts that we're empowered to yep. be. To, to be, we have that power, that yeah. the same power that raised Christ from the dead is now. Well, and you mentioned the sin that that is the reason that we're separated from God is 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 uh, we're forgiven of our sins, and you know, that's what Paul says or uh, Paul. Peter says on the day of Pentecost. So it's funny. Somebody was just talking this week about, yes. about a church leader that mistook Paul and Peter. And we do have a couple of our faithful listeners that are here with us this That's week. It's we been, yeah. been kind of neat. They've yeah. uh, they've gotten to beat us up a little bit. Yeah. Well, just, oh, well. Yeah, well anyway, we've got well, broad shoulders. Yeah, you, well, you guys, you know who you are. Yeah. So. Well, thanks so much, Brian, yeah. for you know sharing about this. We want to keep this quick. It is Easter Easter yeah. week, and we know yeah. um, you should be in church and worshiping and <laughs> with your family. You, and you'll hear this message again, you know. But uh, eating your hands, always eat your celebrate the life, death, and resurrection of a Jew with some ham, and you know. uh, <laughs> go from there. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much. And deviled eggs. And right. devil. If we have some weird practices, we don't need we? To, we need to probably rename those resurrection eggs or something. It's <laughs> going nowhere fast. Well, Brian, thanks so much. Good to talk to you, yeah, Ryan. We'll see you next Enjoyed Easter. this week with you. Yeah, so. absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.